This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA. Excited to be back coaching um, my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the podcast. I am Chris Graham. It's the Jerry Ratcliffe Show podcast. And Jerry and I have a lot to catch up on from last week, our trips to Charlotte for the 2022 ACC football kickoff. Jerry, I hope things are going well for you. Yeah, uh, survived another thunderstorm this afternoon. <laughs> Everything seems to be going well. We recovered from our trip to Charlotte and uh, looking forward to, uh, I guess we have a uh, sort of a luncheon meeting with the UVA coaching staff on Thursday. So we'll uh, see how that goes. And then it won't be long before training camp is open again. You know, yeah, I, I I didn't pay attention when they first sent the note out about this Thursday. I just I figured it would be players and coaches and everything else. And then yeah, when I saw the note, I guess it was probably yesterday, uh, with some details. Maybe it was this morning. Uh, it, it's just coaches, so that's going to be interesting. It's been a while since we've had access to the to the coaching staff. Of course, with new coach Tony Elliott in, in town, um, and coming from Clemson, he you know he's used to that. That's Dabo Swinney had his guys available to the media all the time, so. It'll be great. I remember back in the George Welsh days, we got to know the coaches really well um, and, and various times in the Al Groh and Mike London eras, the Bronco era, not so much, but yeah, this will be great to get a chance to, you know, kind of pick their brains a bit on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, other than uh, Tony and Chris Slade, who I've known forever and uh, coach uh, 2J, who was a carryover and coach Higgins and coach cinema, I haven't met any of the other new guys, so I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to have coaches accessible uh, and uh, to be able to, like you say, pick their brains a little bit on, on what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I get to learn more about the you know offensive scheme, the defensive scheme. So that should be really, really fun and uh, in, a, in a different way, too. The last couple of years we've been – and it's, it's been great. It's been the access we've had, but Zoom has been our access – um, and, uh, you know, in those big settings where there's 30 guys throwing questions out, guys and gals throwing questions out, um, we get a chance for, you know, much more, a much different kind of setting, get to know people again. That's, that'll be fun. Um, Hey, do you want to thank the sponsors before we get too much into the, um, to our, the meat of our talk here today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're coming to you compliments of some of our sponsors, the Aberdeen barn, best, finest steakhouse in Virginia right here in, in Charlottesville. So make sure you go by and see Angela and her gang over there. Uh, great atmosphere, great food. Uh, can't can't uh, ask for any better. And uh, also UVA Orthopedics. Uh, sometime today, we will have a, uh, a 29, 30 minute uh, video and commentary from Dr. David D. Duck of UVA Ortho. Uh, giving us a new uh, personalized tour of their new facility out there on Ivy Road, one of the three largest in the country. Uh, not only great for UVA athletes, but also for our community. What an incredible facility. Uh, One-stop shopping, if you will. <laughs> they can do it all in that one building. And also the uh, Ragged Mountain Running Shop. We always appreciate their support. We'll be uh, welcoming a new sponsor on board before the end of the week, and we'll uh, give you details on that with a special podcast on Thursday, sometime Thursday afternoon. And uh, we certainly will welcome their support. We're not going to give away anything until uh, until Thursday, so stay tuned for that. But uh, thank those people uh, for their support of this podcast and supporting JerryRackliff.com. Indeed, and make this all possible. Well, uh, so we were in Charlotte last week. Uh, maybe let's start with the overview. On, on Wednesday, the first day of the kickoff, uh, the big news was, and I'm not sure if, if Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, necessarily made any news. It's not like he said, yeah, we're adding such and such and such and such to the conference. So it's, it, he wasn't the Big Ten commissioner or the SEC commissioner the last couple of years being able to, to, to grace the media days with some big news like that. But he did talk business. He did talk money. Um, not necessarily a lot of answers, but certainly just the questions that were being asked of him and him having to squirm up there on the podium for 
about an hour last Wednesday caught our attention. So what were your takeaways from uh, Commissioner Phillips and, and sort of what the work is going on behind the scenes to try to shore up the ACC's finances for, the, for now and the future? Well, I admire his, um, would be the right word, uh, his hope that everybody's going to play nice, but I don't believe that's very realistic. And I thought that maybe, I think he even said it might be, he said he's not uh, Pollyanna-ish, Pollyanna-ish um, in his desires to see college athletics become what they have been. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know, Chris. I, I, I don't think that, I'm, I'm not sure he's prepared to go eyeball to eyeball with these guys and in terms of fighting for every inch of TV turf or dollar bills out there. I, Maybe it is uh, being he's being Pollyannish, Pollyanna-ish in those thoughts that I, I think maybe those days are gone. Um, it would be nice if if everybody would look out for all the other conferences and uh, try to make things as equi equitable as possible and uh, care about athletes' rights and, and all that stuff, but. I don't know. Those days might be in our rearview mirror. And with the Big Ten and SEC so aggressive, and that may be on hold for a while, and Notre Dame apparently trying to strike their own deal with NBC and perhaps uh, another partner. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more aggressive or at least have a better plan than what he – and maybe he knows more than he's telling us. I'm assuming that he does. But I, I wish he would have at least been a little bit more aggressive in in going forward um, instead of just sitting there and acting like that there's not a whole lot he can do about it other than tell us that all options are on the table. How about you? He did say he did use that phrase or that hint to that phrase an awful lot. All options are on the table. Everything is on the table. Um, you know, it's a difficult place to be. Uh, the, the commissioner yeah. of any league, no matter if it's the ACC or the NFL, whatever in between, uh, you know, you are you, you you're not the king. Uh, you know, you're, you're, it's not your business that you're running. You're in fact you 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 work for in the case of the ACC commissioner. 14 football schools, a total of 15 when you include Notre Dame for everything else. And you've got to get the presidents of those colleges and universities to agree to anything you do. And so um, it's not like, you know, Jim Phillips goes out and recruits a school um, and says, guess what, folks? We got, you know, SMU or we got Central Florida or we got Houston or Connecticut or whoever, and they're coming to the league now. Um, what do you guys think about that? Because they're coming. Uh, they got to, you know, you got to get the at least a majority and probably more than just a majority of the ACC college, you know, university presidents to agree to do something like that. Um, and so it, that's that's tough. Notre Dame is, you know, for all the fans out there, and I, Jerry, I'm not sure how it is with you and on Twitter and on your website. I know I keep getting people arguing with me that, oh, Notre Dame, you know, they that's the solution right there. Well, they're not coming. <laughs> they're not going to join the ACC full time. No, there's 75 million reasons why they're not going to join the ACC full time. That's what they're asking from NBC uh, for an annual contract when their contract comes up in a couple of years here. So um, Notre Dame's not the solution. Expansion probably is the solution. But who is the target there? There's not a lot of good. You know, I, I think I used this terminology in one of my stories last week. Um, all the good guys and girls have already got dates that are prom. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no pretty girls left. There ain't no handsome guys left. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're having to you know, find beauty somewhere that may not be there, maybe even in the, each school's own eyes. Um, so it's not easy. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm more the, you know, I, I know that some folks were looking for a cheerleader to say, okay, fans, here's what the, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out there and we're going to win one for the Gipper. But I don't know that there's, I don't know that that's backed up by anything. So, um, I mean, he, he told it like it was, you know, I'm sure he could have probably, 
been more enthusiastic about that, but I'm not sure there's a reason to be enthusiastic or necessarily pessimistic either. I don't think that the ACC is like going down the drain here. You know, they're not going to become the AAC or the Sun Belt just because, you know, the, the money isn't going to be what the SEC and Big Ten are. I think what the ACC needs to do is, is focus on becoming the solid number three. And I think that that's, that's very possible for them uh, to do. Um, and so, I don't. I'm, I'm not ruling out that there could be another school that could, you know, somebody. You know, the to, to use the the movie cliche. There's there's a pretty girl out there who's just wearing glasses and, and oversized sweaters now. And if we could just get her to take those glasses off, get a different haircut, she'll be real pretty. And and you know, we'll be glad to take her to the prom. There's probably somebody out like like that out there. But um, absent that, you know, it's it's. Let's see if we can maximize what we can do internally. I I I. So in that context, I think he was telling the real story there, and maybe we just didn't want to hear that. Maybe we wanted somebody to inspire us, but I'm not sure the story is really inspiring right now. No, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, and I, you know, there's no reason the ACC can't be a solid number three because if you look at it, the Big 12 minus Texas, Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, how, what's their TV market without those two? Right. You look at Pac-12 without Southern Cal and UCLA, I mean, all they've got to fall back on in terms of a national draw television-wise is perhaps Oregon. Uh, I don't even know how much that is. Uh, but without Southern Cal and UCLA, and I understand there's a lot of political pressure coming from the state legislature out there trying to block UCLA's exit. Um so, you know, they don't have exactly uh, some prima donna to push to the TV people uh, in those two conferences. Uh, at least the ACC has Clemson, which is expected to return to brilliance this fall. And uh, who knows who else might emerge from that. Uh, there's a lot of programs putting on a strong push to get back into the top 25, top 10 maybe. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a whole lot of other options in terms of, like you say, I mean, who, who are you going to expand with? There's not a whole lot of people out there that's going to bring a lot to the table. And uh, we've talked about that at length before. Um, so, I, you know, there may be, they may have to find an answer for revenue somewhere else. And, one of the things that's popped up uh, on my radar in the last day or two is in terms of uh, the NCAA having more issues, more problems, is uh, a couple of things. One, they're about to allow multiple transfers within without any penalty, without having to set out. Um, what is that going to do to programs? Uh, particularly, it, it, you know, what's that going to do to NIL people? Uh, kids signs a contract uh, for an, an NIL contract with a company, and then he decides to jump and go to another school. What, you know, how's that going to work out? And then it sounds like that some schools are starting to, at least some of the players of some of the schools are talking about player unions and perhaps wanting a piece of the big pot, which goes way beyond the NIL. Uh, we're talking about they want a piece of the action, the TV money, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we could be looking at player lockouts, uh, player uh, sit-outs, walkouts. Uh, who knows what's in the future. It's getting to look more like uh, the NFL every day. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. 
check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Well, so, you, know, uh, the- uh, what, you know, what What in the world are we going to looking at here in the next year or two? Major League Baseball just uh, lost a lawsuit uh, for, for not paying its minor league baseball players a, a quote-unquote living wage. And, and they weren't. I mean, minor league baseball players make between 4,800 and 14,000 a year. Um, you know, of course, the, the guys who were first-round picks signed for huge bonuses and that kind of thing. But the vast majority of players in, in minor league systems are, are not making anything close to anything that's a living wage. And, and, and part of the reasoning by the court there, I think it was a California uh, federal court, uh, was that, you know, they're expected to, to work on their craft year-round. You know, it's not just like in the old days, spring training was uh, in baseball. Hey, this is come back and let's get in shape for the baseball season. Now yeah. spring training is just working on your craft. You're, you're staying in shape 12 months out of the year. And, you know, you can't just work a part-time job in the off season selling TVs, which is what Jackie Robinson did in the off season as a pro player, as a you know, future hall of fame player. You're not, you're not taking a part-time job and, and doing that kind of thing. You're, you're in shape 12, 12 months out of the year. And so to take that and then say, well, wait a second, what's different with a minor league baseball player and a college athlete, (laughs) there's no difference there. The only, I mean, they're expected to take classes uh, and stay eligible, you know, and and, and progress towards a degree in four years and stay in shape uh, 12 months out of the year. And, you know, there's different practice times throughout the year, spring football practice for, for football. There's, you know, sessions in the summer leading up to the start of fall basketball camp in October for, for basketball. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the, federal court systems kind of uh, t- telling us where things are going to go there um, sooner rather than later. So yeah, this, the landscape is definitely changing. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was thinking that the ACC was going to release the, uh, the order of finish in our voting today, but apparently uh, I guess it's coming out later in the week, maybe tomorrow and the uh, preseason all ACC picks from all the writers since we had to have everything in by yesterday, Sunday. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Virginia finishes in that uh, pecking order. Uh, most people seem to be going with Miami to win the Coastal in the last year of the divisional play. Uh, some people have Virginia's highest second. Some have them, I think, down as low as fourth or fifth. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the Cavaliers show up in that, in that uh, preseason poll. I put Virginia first, and I'll tell you why. I mean, not the homer in me. Is, well, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of homer in me there, but um, schedule very favorable for Virginia. I think, I think that's, uh, that's a given. I mean, the, the, the toughest games, it feels like, are in that stretch in October and November, the four straight home games, where literally Virginia football does not have to leave grounds if they don't want to for a whole month. Uh, and they play some tough games there. The, the schedule leading up to that's favorable. Um, the road games aren't too tough, on paper at least. Um, Miami, every year we talk about Miami, and this, is this the year the U is back? And, I, I you know, I, it's hard for me to say that this is the year. They have a new coach, Mario Cristobal. He's, everybody likes him. Everybody, you know, a lot of folks love him. Folks loved Manny Diaz. Folks loved Mark Richt. Folks loved uh, Al Golden. <laughs> Let's go down the list of guys at Miami who've recruited great. Now, Cristobal hasn't had to recruit yet, uh, at least for the team that he's inheriting. But, I mean, back to Al Golden, these guys have recruited great, and they just haven't won. They've been in one ACC championship game since they joined the league in 2004. So, you know, track record doesn't – You know, I put them second. Mac Brown recruits great again. He's another great recruiter. He's in his fourth year at, at Carolina, back the second time through. He hadn't won yet. Uh, he's had these great recruiting classes leading up to this year. Maybe this is the year, but he's also lost his quarterback, Sam Howell. So I think those are your best three teams in the Coastal. And Virginia's got the best quarterback. They, they need offensive line. They need a, you know, he's, we've talked about this with Tony Elliott, uh, and we'll talk more this week with Coach Tuje and and Des Kitchings, but they got to figure out who can play offensive line. But if they can block even just a little bit, um, they've got the best quarterback and best wideout quarters in the ACC and maybe maybe in the country. Um, they got to learn how to tackle. 
but uh, Coach Rudd, uh, Coach Rusinski's Air Force groups were pretty good. They were ranked. He, he was he was the architect of the fourth ranked defense in the country last year. I'm not saying he'll be the fourth ranked this year, but he'll be better than last year, which you have to be better than last year. So I don't know. I think um, it, there's there's not a lot of the coastal is going to be wide open, and I you know why not Virginia? So that if you see one vote when when you when you look at the the small print there and you see the little parentheses, how many people got, you know, voted for whatever. If you see one, then you know who gave the one. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I, you know, I think Virginia, the schedule does favor. It's the most favorable schedule Virginia's had in my memory. Uh, they, they have a chance to get off to a great start. And uh, like you said, that key stretch in late October and early November against the you know, so-called preseason favorites. Uh, all those are home games, and North Carolina struggles to win here. Miami struggles to win here. Uh, Pitt, we we know that Mark Whipple, their OC, is gone. Uh, he was a bit pass happy, and I don't blame him since he had Kenny Pickett, who is also gone. So they're starting over, and and that part of their offense would make and focusing more on the run, I think, but. Uh, I'm not sure Pitt uh, will be as powerful offensively as they have been. Uh, I think Virginia's got a great chance. I, they're going to score. I mean, people uh, – a lot of the things I've seen, a lot of people are voting Armstrong way down the list. Some of them don't even have him in their top three in the ACC. And granted, the ACC is loaded with – experienced quality quarterbacks, but people seem to be overlooking what Armstrong did last year. I mean, he led the nation in passing and total offense for most of the year until he got hurt out of BYU and missed the Notre Dame game. But, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be better and more effective. He, I don't think he's going to run it as much, so his total offense won't be perhaps as high because uh, they have sense enough they want to protect him as opposed to Robert and I, who doesn't mind exposing quarterbacks to getting killed out there like he did at BYU and then here at Virginia with Ben Kurt, um, Perkins, and obviously with Armstrong. And we saw all three of those guys get hurt at times during their careers because they simply had him running the ball too much. Uh, that's what running backs are for. But um, I, I think Armstrong is going to be really good. And uh, I wanted to vote for all the Virginia receivers for uh, first and second team. But, uh, man, uh, you, you can only, you know, I, I had to vote Josh Downs from Carolina in one of those spots. It, he's just simply outstanding. But, uh, I mean, gosh. You look at all of Virginia's receivers with uh, Wicks and uh, KT, um, built little Billy Kemp, and then uh, people seem to be forgetting all about uh, Lavelle Davis. And then there's other guys, uh, Starling, who was solid in the spring and last season, and uh, gosh, um, the Mal Malachi Fields I get from here at uh, Monticello High School. Uh, I'm sure I'm overlooking somebody, but they, they've got – I know Lindy's Magazine, which I write for, uh, had them – Virginia's receiving core is the number four receiving core in the country behind uh, some of the schools that are supposed to be in contention for the national championship. So not too tacky. Uh, I would argue that these guys are as good or better than some of those actually. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think Virginia's going to score a ton of points. And if they can just block a little and play a little defense, they're going to be really good. I did vote three. And Virginia nominated four receivers. Uh, you, you and, and the ACC carried those over. You know, it, it's not like – I've seen in past years, it seems like school uh, – everybody had a representative at every position to vote for, and you, then you had to choose – um, I noticed that Virginia didn't uh, didn't have any nominees on the offensive line. Um, uh, 
Right. Uh, but they did have – and nobody at running back. Uh, of course, Brennan, a quarterback, four receivers. So you can only vote for three. I voted for three. Um, I, I voted Josh down somewhere, uh, like all-purpose back or something like that because he's obviously that talented. But, yeah. um, you know, so you, you, even if you wanted to be a Virginia homer, you couldn't be because they, they didn't have every position represented. But um, I, I will note that um, the leading returning running back in the ACC by far, Sean Tucker, the, the Syracuse kid, and I did vote for him to be first team all ACC, but you know, he gained 1400 yards last year for Syracuse. I'm not sure he's going to get that many touches. He's his, his offensive <laughs> coordinator is Robert and I, he might get three or 400 yards this year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Unless they, yeah. Even if they have a big offensive line, like Virginia did last year, um, two of those guys who departed uh, were recently listed by somebody as two of the, top offensive line transfers in the country. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, that just show, goes to show you what was lost. Yeah. I, I wrote a column today, uh, Tony Elliott, of course, lamenting last week a couple different times on the podium and then in the more one-on-one talks that he didn't get there quite in time to keep all those guys around. I mean, Virginia gave up a lot, lost a lot in the offensive line, but uh, Coach Tujay's around to, to help figure that out, and he's the guy who built them in the first place. Um, and it'll be different anyway. You know, they, they, maybe they left, uh, you know, they, they, they were blocking in a certain scheme and, you know, the coach, coach Elliott and coach Kitching scheme will be a little different as far as that goes, as far as predicting how the vote will come out and they, they'll probably release, I imagine they'll release like the, the players of the year in one day and they'll do the, the, the voting in the divisions one other day, just to get maximum PR out of all that stuff. Um, one warning for those UVA fans listening who are about to be offended. You're going to be offended no matter what. They're not going to vote Brennan first team all ACC quarterback. He's even though he should be, he's not going to be preseason player of the year, even though he should be Virginia's probably going to be third or fourth in the voting though they should be first or second uh, because um, Jerry, I don't know if you did this very much, but I was, I was looking around the room. There weren't many folks from Charlottesville and, and, and that we see on press row, uh, in Scott Stadium and in JPJ, they're represented at the kickoff this year. So um, there weren't so so the the whereas the the Carolina papers and media organizations were very well represented um, as usual. That's not new. Um, that's you know that's the same. But um, yeah, the, the the that's part of the reason I think every year those folks get you know the the, the players from those schools get get you know the preseason recognition they get because the writers who cover their teams. And, and as a result, I'm not even saying you're, you're a Homer or a favorite guy kind of guy, but if you see players, you know, frequently, and that's the, that's the guys you cover, you're going to say, Hey, I know, I know how good they are. I see them all the time. I don't see the guys from Syracuse or I don't see the guys from Boston college or Virginia, maybe necessarily as much as I see the guys that I cover all the time. And so you might be biased in that way. Uh, but yeah, those those schools were the, 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 the those schools writer bases were well represented, and there weren't many of us Virginia folks there. Yeah, you're right, uh, and it helps when that uh, the event is held in your state. If you're a Carolina media person, uh, it was in Greensboro for a number of years before they shifted it to Charlotte. So um, there's no reason for there not to be a, a media horde from the state of North Carolina at these events. Uh, yeah, every little week, every little weekly paper in Carolina has got somebody there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question. And uh, not a lot of represent, representation from the state of Virginia. I think there was only a handful of us uh, there, really. Not not much TV either, from what I recall. Not much TV either. No, I was it, any. Just, I don't even know if there was any. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't. I don't remember seeing anybody from the yeah the TVs that we see either Charlottesville or Richmond. And it's funny, you know, I, I happened to have to. I ran to the bathroom right before uh, Coach Elliott and the three players from Virginia were heading to the podium. There, the way for, behind the scenes for for the listeners out there, um, the, the the players and coach uh, for each school go to the. There's a big ballroom. You know, when Commissioner Phillips was in there on Wednesday, there were 750 or so reporters in that ballroom, people hanging off the rafters wanting to ask questions of, of Coach Phillips. Um, and then that's the same ballroom where the questions are asked of each successive group of, of players and coach for each school. And they, they take their time, you know, they take their turns. Uh, you know, on, on Wednesday, it was the Atlantic Division. On Thursday, it was the Coastal Division. And, and so 
you know, when Clemson's in there, when Dabo Swinney's in there, a lot of the writers who covered, you know, the main ACC are in there too because Clemson's Clemson. They're they're the, you know, they're the big player. Um, by the time Virginia got there, there weren't many of us in that room. It was it was a quiet kind of room in there. But I was in the bathroom ahead of time, you know, getting ready to go in there. And Coach Elliott, uh, I think it was Nick Jackson was talking to Coach Elliott, saying, "Hey, Coach," because Nick hadn't hadn't been in front of this group yet either. But Keaton Thompson had. He said, "Coach," Keaton said that the uh, the this this part, which he was referring to the ballroom part, where you're up on a podium in front of everybody. He said, "Keaton said this part's the hard one. This is this is the tough one." The, the other one's pretty easy. Uh, and uh, I actually said to coach, hey, coach, you got, you know, you got this because you're 0-0. I mean, you know, you haven't lost a game yet, so you're going to get some easy questions. But, you know, it wasn't it wasn't hard. I mean, in, in fact, he didn't get any of the questions that, I, you know, I didn't go to every media session with, with every other coach and, and player group, but um, I did scan through all the transcripts. And there weren't you could tell that there there wasn't much interest from the quote unquote national level reporters for Virginia because Tony didn't get a single question about NIL. He didn't get any questions about playoff or transfer rules or anything like that. It was just us asking questions about, you know, the UVA team, basically. And so um yeah, I mean, the, the the Virginia didn't get any attention. We might as well have been Wake Forest there this week, <laughs> as far as that goes. Well, in some in some people's mind, uh, Virginia is Wake Forest or are less. Uh, so you're probably right about that. Uh, probably the probably the only question he got, even got from uh, anybody that didn't know much about his background was, uh, "Why did you stay on the East Coast when you grew up in California?" But uh, I don't think <laughs> they I don't know if they read his history, but he moved to Charleston pretty young, I believe. Yeah, yeah. After his mom was uh, tragically killed in a that's right. Automobile accident, and he's, um, but his answer was good. He said, uh, it, "Life is a lot slower here on the East Coast, um, particularly the Mid Atlantic or South." That he loves Southern values. Uh, he likes the football, and he says, "I like green." <laughs> so, uh, I think we can all relate to that. But uh, yeah, he didn't get a exactly a. Uh, toasted or or pressed very hard on issues while he was up there and nor did any of the Virginia players so that was that was good and uh, they they were all good in the uh, breakout sessions later which I thought was good and we'll be writing uh, a lot about that uh, the rest of this week and weeks to come. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. That's right. That's right. You know, the, one of the stories was, I mean, this is how, this is how uh, friendly it was. One of the stories that emerged was the personalized shoes. I know you wrote about that, but Jay Huff's wife, actually, I mean, they had some blingy looking shoes. Yeah. You know, I didn't ask about that, but I, I did notice that, but you actually did ask about that and write about that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, apparently, Jim Daves, the uh, media relations director, uh, I'm sure his title is more uh, fancy than what I just made it, but uh, he's the one that uh, was aware of Tony's love for uh, Nike Jordans. Apparently, he has quite the collection. And um, Jim also knew that Jay Huff's wife, Lindsay, who is a uh, certified artist. Uh, I don't know if she's done anything quite like that before or not, but anyway, he uh, Jim Davis approached uh, Jay or Lindsay about personalizing those shoes for Tony and Brennan Armstrong, Nick Jackson, and uh, Keaton Thompson. And uh, I guess she, she or Jim asked what they would like on it, their shoes to portray their life stories. And uh, they gave some ideas and, and uh, she did an excellent job. Um, 
I'm gonna have to get me a pair of those. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I put on it though. But anyway, um, really incredible shoes, and uh, everybody they were the hit of the entire uh, two days. I think everybody was raving about the shoes. There's a picture of some of them on our uh, on my website with the story, but uh, it was a pretty cool deal. I, I've never seen anything quite like that uh, anywhere, particularly at the ACC kickoff. Yeah, they were. They're, they're such nice shoes that I'd be afraid to wear them. Uh, they're they're because they're too nice. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to get dirty. You don't want them dirty. I mean, it's kind of like I'm looking around my podcast room here, and I've got all these baseball jerseys hanging up, and I don't want to wear them because, like, if I wear them to a game or something, I'm gonna get like ketchup or mustard on them. And <laughs> like one of my jerseys is I got a Sean Doolittle World Series jersey that was actually hanging in his locker during the World Series. I'm never wearing that shirt. Oh no, never. never. I'm not sweating in that shirt. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that shirt's too nice to wear. So no, those shoes were very much like that. And um, so, and, you know, and, and I haven't written this story yet, but I asked Brendan Armstrong, you know, his NIL deal with the local McDonald's franchisee. Uh, part of the deal was that he gets a, uh, he gets to choose a, a Armstrong like combo meal, basically. Um, when he, last week he was telling us that this week, so he was, when he said it last week, he said, next week I get to choose what that is. He already knows what he wants to choose. Uh, I think they're going to announce it maybe this week was what I was told. Um but he, he has to look into, he said, because I, I said, my wife wants to just let you know that it, it better not be a boring thing, like just a two cheeseburger and fries meal. It's got to be something unique. I mean, if you're going to do something, you got to do something unique. Right. Said, oh, yeah. But don't worry. It's going to be unique. He, he said, I'm not going to give away the details. But one thing we got to check on is one of the ingredients isn't common in a lot of McDonald's restaurants. So, um that's all he said. And then, of course, uh, I'm riding back with Scott German trying to, you know, we're, we're speculating on what it could be. Guacamole, uh, you know, what else? Pineapple. I mean, what could it, what could what could not be common in a McDonald's restaurant that could be part of his meal, whatever that's going to be? Um, yeah. so stuff like that pops up. That's that's the fun stuff you get when you, uh, you know, get a chance to, to talk with the guys. I would I would vote either guacamole or onion rings. Onion ring, okay, that's that's not common. That's right. That's a good thought. Yeah, well, that's just a shot in the dark. <laughs> and and he made it, you know, and this was clear. He's you know when I asked the question, he said it's only in the Charlottesville area. Hey, luckily for me, I'm there. So, um, so if you're in the Charlottesville area, we'll be announcing that. You know, we'll all be announcing that here pretty soon. Um, and uh, it, it'll be something to look for. It, it, I'm not a McDonald's guy, but I'll go once just to, you know, say I got a Brennan Armstrong meal, uh, as far as that goes. That's right. I was going to ask you, Jerry, if you caught up with the news today. Uh, I wrote about this today, too, so I bet you did. Um, Virginia Athletics announcing uh, a, a special deal with Altia Sports Partners regarding NIL. Essentially, UVA, for the listeners out there, if you haven't read about this already, uh, UVA and Altia Sports Partners, which is a relatively new company with a lot of big name backing. Oliver Luck is the is the CEO of the company. Uh, uh, the former what the former West Virginia Athletics Director, former XFL Commissioner. Yeah. Uh, the this group uh, Altius is going to have a a basically an NIL general manager on grounds at UVA that will be sort of a point person for NIL opportunities for Virginia student-athletes. It's actually a huge step. Virginia is only one of six schools uh, to have uh, this position uh, essentially within their athletics department. It's, it's technically not within the athletics department. It's technically a, a separate position. But in effect, Virginia has got an, a point person for NIL on grounds uh, that can serve as a clearinghouse, ask questions, and also start arranging deals. And they don't get paid by the – they don't get money out of the student-athletes deals – uh, UVA pays this position out of UVA money, yeah, UVA athletics money. So this is all for the kids. This this seems like a, a big development for UVA athletics. It really does. I, I, other than what you just said, I don't know anything else about it. I mean, I read the release. I think it may be up on our website. I'm not sure yet. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it is a big deal. One, Like you said, one of six schools and everybody's approaching this stuff differently, but it's nice to know that there's a, uh, a point company, uh, so to speak, that will be handling that for Virginia's athletes. And uh, I, I'm a little confused about how that works as, you know, as opposed to the collective that uh, we know about. 
Um, yeah, Cavalier Futures, headed up Cavalier by Low Futures. Davis, former Virginia Athletics Foundation yeah. uh, upper upper guy. And the Hook uh, Management Group. I, uh, I'm a little confused about the the roles of the three, but and how that uh, works. But uh, I'm sure it's a good thing for UVA athletics and for the athletes themselves, and and uh, should be a good thing. And you and you know it's it's a company like that. It should be on the up and up, and that's uh, what Virginia's all about. Yeah, you know, I did a little research into this Altia Sports Partners. We we'd heard about them. Um, UV announced its original partnership with Altius a few months ago um, uh, this year. Uh, it's, it actually, their, their general manager program is being headed up by a lady named Brittany Whiteside. And what's interesting about her is her job up until May was working as the deputy athletics director at UVA. Yes. Um, so she's not just heading up whatever UVA is doing with Altius. She's actually at Altius. She is heading up all of their general manager efforts. Um, she's overseeing the current six schools that includes and the six schools in Altius with general managers uh, for NIL includes Virginia, LSU, South Carolina, Northwestern, Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Um, and Altius works with about half of power five overall uh, and UVA included in that list as well uh, in terms of, of what they do. Uh, the principals in this, I mentioned Oliver Luck. It also includes a guy named Casey Schwab. He's one of the founders of the company. Casey Schwab was a former top executive with the NFL Players Association. Uh, working with their NFL Players Inc. money-making arm of the NFL Players Association, and so um, this is—I mean, it's, you know, for all the folks out there, basically who, you know, when you look at social media, uh, the fans lamenting that UVA is behind the times on NIL. This is a very forward-thinking move, uh, and, and a pretty smart, savvy move by Carla Williams and her staff to—to to, th- I think this puts Virginia, you know, potentially out in the forefront of NIL from here on out. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea, and uh, it should help them move forward. And uh, I'm sure having a company like that, uh, a relationship with that sort of group, she can lay her head down at night and not have to worry about uh, crazy things going on in the NIL world that she's not aware of. So um, until Congress or somebody gets a hold of this thing, uh, it's nice to know you're working with good people. So that's a lot of football. There's a lot more coming up. We've uh, Jerry mentioned that we've got the the talk with the football coaches this week as well. So we'll be sitting there and peppering them with questions about all the things they're working on, both uh, on field wise, recruiting wise, etc. Um, and Jerry and, and I each uh, on Jerry Ratcliffe dot com, AugustaFreePress.com, we'll have a lot more stories about. Uh, last week's football kickoff too still coming up. I wanted to throw qu- a couple questions, uh, Jerry, for you from basketball recruiting news. Um, Virginia making a couple of uh, top five cuts uh, for some big name recruits, uh, one top ten uh, cut as well. Um, and so uh, th- this, in addition to uh, you know the news that we had uh, not too long ago uh, with the, the the Blake Buchanan. Uh, um, commitment uh the big so getting the big man for 2023 and now looking ahead to some of these uh you know some of the shooters and 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 other guys uh what's the latest uh, as far as uh those developments well uh they made the uh top five list for Tayson chapman a, a 6-3 combo guard out of minneapolis four star uh the number one prospect in the state of minnesota uh that's what he said. Uh, in, in in Minneapolis, where Virginia won their national championship a few years ago, uh, Virginia offered him uh, late June, June twentieth, um, class of two thousand twenty three. As most people know, he, he eliminated a lot of big schools um, to come up with his final five, and it's Virginia, Kansas, Minnesota. Ohio State and Xavier. Uh, nobody really has said which way he's leaning, even though Kansas is uh, obviously the team you would think to beat. Um, but you know he's uh, he, he was a state champion. Um, he has visited UConn, strangely, which did not make the cut. Uh, he also has visited Xavier. Uh, he plans to visit Kansas, 
So we'll see uh, where that goes. Uh, then uh, Freddie DeLeon, uh, combo guard, 6'4", four, four-star, out of Raleigh, North Carolina's Word of God uh, school. Uh, Virginia was on his top 10 list that was uh, released yesterday, along with Alabama, Tennessee, Wake Forest, VCU, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, NC State, and Charleston. He's the number one prospect in the state of North Carolina and the number 15 combo guard in the nation. Uh, Virginia offered him May the 7th. Uh, I know Virginia likes him a lot. And uh, I guess they're uh, waiting to see how that develops. Uh, meanwhile, um, another shooting guard, uh, Elijah Gertrude, 6'3", out of Hudson Catholic in Jersey City, New Jersey. Shooting guard uh, is supposed to visit UVA this week. He's the number nine prospect in the state of New Jersey. Uh, Tony Bennett saw him play twice in the last couple of weeks. Jason Williford saw him play two or three times. It's also uh, considering Kansas and Syracuse, among others. Um, this kid I really like. Uh, I saw a video of him and fell in love with his game immediately. Uh, El Marco Jackson, he's out of Connecticut. He's a point guard. Some people are trying to make him out as a combo guard, but he insists, I'm a point guard. Uh, I think he's their top point guard target. And uh, I know Tony Bennett's watched him a few times recently, watched him in Chicago. Uh, he's also considering Kansas, Villanova, Pitt, Rutgers, Seton Hall, St. John's, among others. Um He's just uh, has a complete game. He has uh, a good bloodline. I think his father played uh, football maybe at Michigan or maybe it was his uncle, but uh, I know his father played somewhere. Um, this kid can run. He's quick. He's got speed. He's physical. He can shoot from deep. He's a good ball handler. He uh, doesn't mind driving. He's three-level scorer, plays defense. Uh he looks like a complete guard to me. And then another kid that uh, I'm sure is their number one target, TJ Power, uh, 6'8", uh, wing. Um, he seems to be a little bit like uh, Sam Hauser, really. Which one? He can shoot the eyes out of it. Um, and I'll tell you, he, Virginia was on him early, and uh, he 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 uh, visited Virginia almost immediately after he was uh, offered back in a couple months ago. But he has uh, emerged this summer. Uh, some people have seen him and said that there's no way you convince them that he's not one of the top ten prospects in the country. The way he has played, he's put up 41 points and 15 rebounds and games against good people. Uh, he's just been really solid. And uh, uh, Virginia staff has been all over him. A bunch of blue bloods, traditional blue bloods, Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, UCLA have all jumped on the bandwagon with offers late. Um, so we don't know how that's going to play out, but uh, Virginia certainly has made him a priority target and, We'll just have to wait and see how that goes. The other Virginia basketball news, we got uh, the full non-conference schedule released uh, in the last uh, week or so. And uh, I like to say this, after looking at that non-conference schedule, what, what Tony does in November, December, uh, usually gives you a sign of what he thinks the team is capable of. Last year's schedule was pretty light, even, and they didn't do well against that light schedule because he had a – you know, a, a, a team in, in, in progress, so to speak. I mean, that's what Jason Williford said. It's going to be a work in progress kind of season when we talked to him on, before the opener against Navy, a game that Virginia lost. Yeah. Um, this year's schedule is challenging. I think what that tells you is Tony thinks his team's got a chance to do something special. Yeah, and it should. Uh, I mean, they've got the top six scores back from last year. I don't know if anybody in the country has that many minutes and points back and starts back. 
plus uh, Ben Vanderplas, who was a starter at Ohio U and a really solid player, in addition to four really good recruits. Yeah. So, uh, wow. I mean, they've got depth. Um, they've got pretty much everything they need. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they don't have a tremendous season. I, I don't think there's any question they'll return to the NCAA tournament and uh, could go deep considering uh, and being determined by how these guys develop is in terms of chemistry and and uh, parts of their games as the season progresses. Uh, yeah, I like the fact that it's a more aggressive schedule. Last year's uh, net ranking wasn't very high, and that hurt them. I think uh, there's a bunch of teams, even non-conference, that have had good net rankings last year on the schedule this year that's going to strengthen that uh, going forward. Yeah, Virginia gets uh, the Las Vegas trip. They know they're playing Baylor in the first game, and then they play the winner of Illinois-UCLA or the loser of Illinois-UCLA. They play, they play Baylor and then either Illinois-UCLA in the second game. Uh, Houston – comes to uh, uh, Charlottesville for the return after, you know, Virginia went down to, to Houston last year. Houston was a Final Four team two years ago. They were an Elite Eight team last year. Um, and so that game, the only thing that, that troubles me about that game is the first game back from the exam break. Um, yeah. You like to see a tune-up game. Virginia takes the, you know, they take the whole exam break, and that's, you know, usually 9, 10, 11 days, depending on how long. Uh, Virginia comes back and has Houston in JPJ. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and, um, so it should, you know, a challenging, uh, challenging schedule early on, of course, the ACC big 10 challenge are going on the road to Michigan this year for that, uh, Michigan's, uh, traditionally, uh, has in recent years, particularly has been really, really solid. So yeah, uh, you know, some, some tough ones there to, to get ready for ACC play, um, ACC schedule will be announced a little later on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I know we got football season to go and the, and the basketball team, of course, making a trip to Italy uh they, they get that uh that one every four years trip overseas chance to get the guys some acclimation to each other and uh have some bonding experiences in addition to the basketball um so that's that's coming up as well but uh yeah basketball promising football has some promise as well um should be a you know fun few weeks coming up especially with practice starting for football next week uh we hit the ground running uh here in the next few days jerry yeah, we're going to be busy, that's for sure, and uh, that's cool. Uh, we thought we were going to get a little bit of a break on the, <laughs> the workload this uh, after games ended uh, back in um, after baseball season was over, but that hasn't been the case. There's been so much news uh, from all aspects of sports, uh, even the UVA and the ACC, so uh, we'll just be – Picking it up from where we left off and uh, uh, no rest. <laughs> yeah, what happened to our summer break? We didn't get our summer break. We're just going to go right back. And that's a good problem to have, though, actually. Uh, so, uh, hey, one last time, Jerry, you want to thank the sponsors again as we get ready to sign off? Yeah, again, thanks, Aberdeen Barn, Angela, and Terry, uh, uh, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, UVA Orthopedics, and all the other sponsors for jerryrackliff.com that's on our website, but not sponsoring the podcast, but we thank them as well, providing you free content. And also uh, be looking to our new sponsor uh, coming up later this week. I think it's uh, a company that uh, all of Charlottesville will get behind. So uh, we'll break that news maybe on Thursday. If not soon. I'll look forward to that news breaking and uh, the other news will break about UVA athletics for Jerry Ratcliffe. I am Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great day.